Beautiful Music, Part 1. Are you familiar with uh, Niccolo uh, Pagini? Or Panini? Uh, he's one of the most brilliant violinists in the history of music. And uh, he played concerts and great symphony halls in Europe, all over the place. I mean, he's world-renowned. You say violinist and, and, and uh, Paganini and people, oh, yeah, yeah. He had standing room only crowds. He was a master showman. I mean, this guy could play that violin. He was known for being able to perform an entire sonata on a single violin string. That was what he was known for. And Paganini uh, composed a piece called Variations for the Fourth String. And in that piece, he could reach notes three octaves higher than a G-string was normally capable of, of producing. It wasn't supposed to go that high, but he could do it. That's how good he was. He had perfected a harmonic technique that few other violinists could even imagine, much less even try to imitate. Uh, Paganini was dramatic, too. I mean, this guy was a master at what he did. And he did it in a way that he demonstrated his skill with a single string. And what he would do is he would secretly tie a small penknife to his right wrist and then begin playing a sonata, and that's a composition for an instrumental soloist, just so we're on the right track here and have an understanding. And, uh, and, and so at a certain time, when you plan on these four strings of the violin, uh, he would draw his blade across the E string, causing it to snap. And the people would gasp like, you know, uh, and, and, but yet he continued playing on three strings because most people that would stop their sonata. And later, <coughs> excuse me, an A string would break and then the D string and, and Paganini would continue playing effortlessly. I mean, just and, and not only effortless, but beautifully on one string. And amazingly, the piece had all the richness and all the intricacy of a sonata played on all four strings. That's how good he was. And the question comes to mind, when does a master violinist display his greatest skill? Well, when he has only one string to play upon. And this is when a, a virtuoso is always the most impressive. And, and when the virtuoso has the least to work with, he makes the most and the best out of it. Huh? And, and, and this is a, a person, and, and so we're again on, on understanding each other, uh, a virtuoso, a person highly skilled in music and, and other artistic pursuits. That, that's what we're talking about here. And did you know that this is also true of God? Huh? God is actually the great virtuoso uh, who took nothing and made something. That's right. You go back and you read uh, the book of Genesis, the first chapter, and it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form. It was nothing. It was void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of the God, the spirit of the Lord, moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, huh? let there be light. And there was light. Huh? And God saw the light and that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness and God called the light day, daylight. And the darkness he called 
night. And the evening and the morning was the first day. That's just the first day. God took four strings, got down to one string. He made something out of nothing. And from the world to our lives, our God, our great God, our marvelous God took little, very little that we gave him and made a masterpiece. And just look at another day when he makes man from dust to man. You go back and read Genesis, the first chapter. Uh, from sinner to saint. Go back and look at your own life of what God has done for you. And all you can say is, wow. All you can do is gasp like those folks. Uh, and just look at God's power and God's grace. He's brilliant. And he is dramatic. Oh, my God. Huh? Uh, not, not only so, but in each case, God has the least to work with. The world was void and dark, and our lives were void and dark. Tattered, worn out. Oh, some of us have come to God, and there wasn't much of us left. Huh? We, 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 we pretty much wasted our lives. Huh? Sin had beaten us like a drum. We, we were broken and worn out. But the songwriter said, but God revived my soul again. Oh, my God. Jesus picked up the pieces of my broken heart and revived my soul again. When the world had wrote us off, Jesus stepped in and picked us up. Huh? He said, give it to me. I'll bear it. Give it to me. I'll share it. If there's a need in your life, just give it to me. Don't you count nowhere out yet. Huh? Don't you count so-and-so out yet? Because I've got something to say about that. That's what Jesus said. Oh, my God. Huh? God has displayed this same tune over and over and over again. This beautiful music. Huh? A masterpiece. Huh? And oh, what a great sonata. The story of our lives. Your life. My life. Oh, my God. He's just playing beautiful music. And where would we be if Jesus didn't love us? Where would we be if Jesus didn't care? Where would we be if he hadn't sacrificed his life? Aren't you glad that he did? Oh, what beautiful music. huh? And, and, and what did we give Jesus? One string. One single string. All the others were broken. Huh? We've messed up our lives and messed up our marriages, messed up our families. We've done so much to ourselves, aside from what the world has done to us, aside from what others have done to us, just what we've done to ourselves. We gave Jesus one single string. <laughs> oh, my God. Let, let, let's just call some witnesses, if you please. Job, can you just come and, and testify for us, if you would? You remember Job in the Bible? Huh? And, 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 and he's, Job, your life were certainly reduced to a single string. Mm? You're an Old Testament person, but, but less, nevertheless, you're in the Bible. You're in God's word. You were stretched. Oh, my God, you were stretched. And you were taunt and, and yet finely tuned and played by the master God. Huh? And oh, what beautiful music came from your life. But you, you had to go through some stuff. 
Huh? You look at Job 1 and he says, in the land of Oz, there lived a man whose name was Job. And this man was blameless and upright and he feared God and he shunned evil. He said no to the world. Huh? And he had seven sons and he had three daughters and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen and 500 donkeys and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. Hmm? And his sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays. And they would invite their three sisters and eat and drink with them. And, and when a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. And he goes on and on and on. And then around the sixth verse it says, And one day the angels of the Lord, and some of those who used to be angels, came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan, yeah, there he is, came with them. And the Lord said to Satan, hey, man, what's going on? What's going on? Where you come from? Where you been? What you been doing? Because I know it ain't no good. And Satan answered and said, well, I've been going to and fro in the earth, my domain that you let me borrow for a minute. And, and I noticed something. And the Lord said, what did you notice, old devil? What did you notice, Satan? And he said, well, I bet I can get this guy, Job, to turn on you. And the Lord said, really? He says, you, so you, you're looking at my servant Job, you considering him? And they, you know, there's no one on earth like him. He's blameless. He's upright. He's a man of God. He fears me and he shuns evil. And this is what the devil had to say. And he still says it today. Does Job fear God for nothing? This is the ninth verse. That's what Satan said. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You've blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and his herds are spread throughout the land. But now, now listen to me, Lord. If you stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, I bet you he'll curse you to your face. That's how the devil is. He did it then. He's still doing it today. But this is Job testifying now. Let's just take Job's testimony. And the Lord said to Satan, all right then. Everything he has is in your power. But on him himself, don't touch him. Don't touch him. But you, you're more than welcome to take everything else he has. And boy, the devil jumped on that and ran out. He said, I'm going I'm to make him curse you to your face. Huh? And so one day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, all the oxen were plowing and donkeys were grazing and the Sibians attacked and made off with them. And they put, and they put the servants to the sword. And I'm the only one to escape to come and tell you uh and then while that one was speaking another messenger came and said the fire of god fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and i'm the only one escaped to tell you and while that servant was talking another messenger came and the chaldeans came and formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them and i'm the only one who escaped good god does it not end here? Oh, no, 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 no. While that one was speaking, yet another messenger came and said, your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine. No, not my sons and daughters. Oh, yes. And when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert huh, and struck the four corners of the house and it collapsed on them and they're all dead. And I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. This was worse than the Santa Ana winds. Huh? And at this, Job got up and tore his robe. 
and he shaved his head and he fell on the ground. And this is what he said. Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return. The Lord give and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh my God. My, 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 my. But he never cursed God. And then what happened? The devil goes back up to the Lord one more time. And, and, and the devil don't stop. He just keeps going. He goes as far as the Lord allows him. And the, and the Lord says, so what happened? He didn't curse me. You said he would. Yeah, he didn't curse you. But you know what? You still got a hedge around him. If, 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 if you just allow me to touch him, and this is the fourth verse of the second chapter. Because see, this is how it works, Lord. This is the devil trying to school the Lord. Can you believe this? And we do the same silly thing. He says, skin for skin. Huh? All that a man have. Oh, you touch him? He'll give it up. He'll cur I bet he'll curse you then. And so you let me touch him. Huh? Let me touch bone to his flesh, and I'll bet you he'll curse you. And the Lord said, all right, you can touch him, but you can't take his life. And the devil ran out. Oh, God, I'm going to get him now. He's going to show enough curse you. And he put, oh, my God, he put it on Job. Boils from the mole of his head to the sole of his feet. You know what a boil is? That's a big old bump, and that thing drains and hurts. And I mean, it hurt, it hurt, it hurt. Job had to take uh, uh, meadow and wood and scrape himself. He had to go rolling around in ashes trying to find comfort. It got so bad until Job's own wife said, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? His own wife, huh? And he said to her, you sound like a fool. Don't say that. Don't do that. Shall we receive good from God and not receive all the other stuff? It rains on the good and the bad. Huh? If we receive good, we got to take what else comes with it. And then the devil sent three friends to Job. Supposed to have been friends, but they were evil as they could be. And boy, I tell you what, when you are looking for your friends to help you and they end up being the ones to hurt you, that can be the worst thing because you didn't expect that from your friends. And I'm going to give you their names because we're going to talk about them later. Uh, Eliphaz, the Terminite, Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Namathite. Uh, miserable comforters. That's what they end up being. And Satan actually asked the Lord to change the rules of the game, and it still didn't work. It still didn't work. Huh? It was a stinging setback. And so Satan got mad, and he, he, but he couldn't kill Job. But he got down to one string. He got Job down to one string. Huh? One string. 
And he sent these miserable comforters to steal, try to get Job to curse God. And of course, it didn't work. Their arrogance and their pride lifted them up while they crushed Job. Now, the man's already lost his family. He's already lost his animals. He's, he's already got boils all over him. And then these miserable comforters who were supposed to be friends come in and start judging him instead of helping him. Man's suffering and they start judging him. huh? And, and one thing you got to be careful of, when you claim to speak for God, you got to make sure you're talking for the Lord, because if not, the devil can use. And that's what's happening in a whole lot of pulpits today. Oh, they claiming to be from the Lord, but they ain't from nobody but the devil. They ain't nothing but Satan instruments. And it was so bad of what these guys were saying and so it's been friends until God called them miserable comforters. Huh? You go look at 42, 7 and 8, and the Lord had finished speaking with Job because the Lord had to come and clean this mess up. And he said to Eliphaz, and he said, the, the Terminite, I'm angry with you. A you and your two friends. You you're supposed to have been there to help him, but you haven't been right. You've said things about me and things about my servant Job that were just not true. And this is how God's going to deal with these ministers in these pulpits. Huh? Now what I want you to do is I want you to take seven bulls and seven rams and I want you to go to my servant and I want you to offer a burnt offering and my servant Job, I, I want him to pray for you. But if he don't pray, oh, you in big trouble. I'll accept his prayer, but I don't want to hear another thing that you guys have to say because you just ain't right. Huh? God asked Job to pray for these clowns. Huh? Oh, the power of intercessory prayer. huh? And, and you know what? Job could have easily said, after what y'all did to me, you saw I lost everything. You saw I lost my family. And you saw basically I lost my wife. And then you turn and you judge me and tell me I'm a sinner. And this is why this is happening to me. And I'm supposed to pray for you. That's what Job could have done. But he didn't do that. He prayed for them as God asked him to. They kicked him when he was down. They put salt on his wounds. But he said, I'm not going to treat you like you treated me. And in his graciousness and his humility, he forgave them and he prayed. Oh, my God. I, I, I don't know that I could have done that. But, th but this is Job's testimony. Hmm? How impoverished are our lives and the lives of our friends and our loved ones simply because we don't do like Job and forgive and pray for one another. I'm talking about one string, people. Beautiful music on one string. Job was on one string. And look at the emphasis God put on intercessory prayer. If Job hadn't prayed, there wouldn't have been no pardon. Huh? Job practiced a scripture that wasn't even written yet. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as Christ, through God, has forgiven you. It wasn't even written yet, and Job was already practicing. God is so enduring and patient, he knows just how to restore us and renew us, even with one string. Once we accept Christ, God's anger toward us ceases. Lamentations 3, 31 through 33 says, For the Lord our God, he will not abandon us forever. Although God gives him grief, yet he will show compassion according 
to the greatness of his loving kindness. For he does not enjoy afflicting or causing men sorrow. Uh, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Oh, what beautiful music on one string. This is Weekly Encouragements by Nam Ware, part one. I want you to listen to this and may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. God bless you. Beautiful music. Weekly Encouragements by Nam Ware. <laughs>